On Point with Craig's Investment Partners. The information provided here is general in nature. It's not financial advice. It doesn't take into account your financial situation, objectives, goals, or risk tolerance. All investments are subject to risks and none are guaranteed. So before you make any investment decisions, we recommend you contact an investment advisor. For more information about our services in that regard, you can go to our website, which is craigsip.com. Welcome to On Point. I'm Mark Lister, Investment Director at Craig's Investment Partners, and I'll be talking about a range of topics, including economics, portfolio strategy, investor education, and anything else that's happening out there in financial markets. Right, morning team. Let's look back at last week and a bit of a difficult one for most share markets. Most share markets were lower. We had the S&P 500 in the US down 1.4%, so the first down week in three. Europe was off 0.8%. The UK, uh, that, that market actually rose ever so slightly, but here in New Zealand and across the Tasman, the markets were lower. New Zealand was down 1.6% and the Aussie market down 1.2%. One thing that was notable here in our market was that one of our heavyweight stocks, Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, had a difficult week. It was off 4.7%, so that did did drag the index lower. It wasn't the worst performer. Uh, I think there was four or five companies that were a little weaker than Fisher & Paykel, but uh, big heavyweight stocks like that that are well represented in the index do tend to have sort of an outsized effect. So that's something that was notable. Um, Fisher & Paykel Healthcare, no news on that front, but like a similar stock, ResMed, across the Tasman that that operates in, in similar areas, they've found themselves in the spotlight because of all these weight loss drugs that you're seeing out there. And um, a lot of Fisher & Paykel Healthcare's and ResMed's uh, customers um, are patients that are... Uh, overweight or obese, uh, so therefore they need some of those products that help them breathe easier and so forth. And if you've got weight loss drugs that are going to reduce the amount of obese or overweight people out there in the future, then you know markets are speculating about what that means for demand for some of those medical products that Resmed and FPH produce. So uh, got plenty of research on that for any listeners who want to delve deeper and read all about some of those um, uh, issues that are that are in focus at the moment. There were share markets, uh, interest rates, they were up last week with the US two-year treasury yield increasing from 4.9 to 5. The 10-year yield pushed a little bit higher, about eight basis points higher. It's at 4.26. And in New Zealand, our five-year swap rate, which is a wholesale rate, up a little bit too, up from 4.8 to 4.9. So Interest rates are in a bit of a trading range, uh, but they have been quite volatile uh, over the last six or eight weeks. And the, the general trend uh, has been that they have pushed up a little bit. Same with oil prices. We saw another 2.3% rise in the oil price last week after Saudi Arabia and Russia extend, extended their supply cuts. So WTI crude sitting at about 87.50. Back in March, it was as low as $66, so risen about 30% from, from those lows. Now back at the highest levels since November last year. So not as high as oil reached early last year, 
uh, I think in early 2022, it got as high as over 120 US dollars, and we're still well down from that. But it has pushed higher over the last few months, and that's something we need to keep an eye on because oil is obviously very important uh, for inflation. So that's something we need to uh, take note of. Uh, last week, looking back at some of the key releases here in New Zealand, the, the key release was a dairy auction and some good news. Finally, uh, we saw a rise. So haven't seen one of those for about four months, but the headline global dairy trade index rose 2.7%, which was pleasing, a bit of stability coming back. Prices are still pretty subdued, you know, down um, 17, 18% this year, down 45% from last year's peak, which was which was a 15-year high. Uh, but we've now got prices that are at 2018 levels. So that's why we've seen Fonterra cut its milk payout a couple of times. And um, we've got a milk payout that's the lowest since 2018, 2019. And obviously, China is uh, a key reason for that. I feel like I've talked about China a lot lately uh, in some of these episodes, so I won't dwell on that anymore. But if you if you go back and look at some of our, our recent episodes we've put together, um, we have talked about China, what's going on there, what might happen from here, and how that impacts New Zealand, the dairy sector, inflation, interest rates, the New Zealand dollar. So um, go back and have a hunt around if you've missed any of those and you want to play catch up. Uh, across the Tasman, we had a Reserve Bank of Australia meeting and they didn't do anything. They left their cash rate on hold. So they meet monthly, uh, a little more frequently than our Reserve Bank does and more frequently than most central banks around the world, to be honest. So for the third month in a row, they've done nothing, left it on hold. So the last increase came in June. That took their cash rate to 4.1%, which is the highest in more than a decade. They might do more. They haven't ruled that out, but they are watching the data. They're watching the the economy. So um, it will it will come down to sort of where inflation goes and how the economy develops. And the most recent inflation figures we got were actually quite good um, in the sense that they came in below forecasts and inflation was falling uh, more quickly than expected. So because of that, markets see a reasonable chance that the Reserve Bank is done and that there won't be any more interest rate hikes. But uh, markets are sort of pricing in one final rate hike uh, to the tune of about 35%. So that's the way markets see things developing for the RBA from here. Uh, that was that was really the only two things worth mentioning um, last week uh, in terms of data releases. Oh, we did get uh, the US Services ISM, which is a um, you know survey-based indicator of the strength of the services sector. Um, and the services sector is a big part of the US economy these days, sort of as much as 80, 85%. So it does matter. I think that that, uh, that good news um, in an economic activity sense was probably what contributed to the, uh, the interest rates in the US pushing a little bit higher because it just gave people um, a bit more confidence that the economy was proving quite resilient. Um, across that services sector, which is you know a big part of the U.S. economy, and and as good as that is, it does it does mean that you might see interest rates higher for longer. So that was that was probably something worth a mention too. 
Looking ahead to this week uh, on the global front, the global stage, the key release will be US inflation figures for August. So we'll get these on Wednesday night, I think, and they'll make for some interesting headlines. So you definitely could get some mixed messages here, which does add to the risk of a volatile market reaction because uh, since we've seen higher oil prices, higher fuel prices that I talked about earlier, the headline inflation rate, the headline CPI, Consumer Price Index, is expected to rise uh, 0.5, maybe even 0.6% uh, for the month. And that would be that would be the highest we've seen since January and well above the 0.2% that we saw in July. It would also push the headline annual CPI, the annual inflation rate, up to 3.6, which would be up from last month where it was 3.2 and, and up from 3.0 that we saw in June. So uh, June it had fallen all the way to, um, to 3 from having been over 9 at its peak last year. And since June, it's just ticked up a little bit to 3.2 in July. Now it's going to tick up to 3.6 in August. So it might just make a few people a little bit nervous that, hang on, I thought inflation was headed down. Now here it is sort of going back up again. So, you know, that's that's definitely something to watch. Uh, the better news will be that the core PCI, which is... Um, the, the measure that excludes some of those volatile categories like food, like energy, so the fuel prices won't come into this one. That should look better. It's expected to rise just 0.2% in August, which would be the same as the last two months. And if you take that sort of run rate, to use a, a cricket term, you know, Black Caps had a good win uh, the other night, didn't they? Um uh, in the first first ODI, that uh, we won't talk about the other the other sport, the other major sport from Saturday morning, but um, to use a cricket term, that run rate of zero point two percent that we saw in August and the previous two months that annualizes. You know, if you take that run rate and sort of, you know, extrapolate it to a twelve month, you know, inflation rate, you get about two point four percent, which is great news because that is. That is definitely sort of heading in the direction that the Fed wants to see in terms of core inflation. Um, however, that's just annualising those last couple of months. The official annual core CPI will still be at about 4.3%, you know, because that's sort of point to point where it is now versus 12 months ago. So that that is still picking up some of that um strong increase, some of those strong increases that we saw some months back. But anyway, that would still be moving in the right direction. Uh, that's down from July's 4.7, and that's um, that's the lowest in almost uh, two years. So uh, some good and bad news in that inflation report. I think the headline won't be what we want to see because it's heading back up again, but the core uh, stable and at an annual level sort of heading back down again. So just keep an eye on that because it's hard to know what the markets will latch onto. They might sort of focus on the core CPI and look past some of those um, uh, the, those the, the effect of fuel and oil and that sort of thing, or they might sort of focus on the headline and take the glass half empty view. Uh, in terms of the Fed and what that means for the Fed, we've got the Fed next week, so I think it's the. 20th or 20, 21st, it'll be on a Thursday morning. It's usually sort of 6 a.m. on a Thursday morning, New Zealand time. 
Uh, so that decision will be out next week. We'll also get a new SCP, Summary of Economic Projections, which is um, sort of the equivalent of our monetary policy statement we have here in New Zealand, where although not as good, you know, I think our Reserve Bank does a much better job about being very transparent about how it sees the world. Um, but the Fed will give us uh, a new summary of where it sees things going from here in terms of all of those key indicators. So we'll, we'll get a good chance to not only see if they make a change to their policy rate, but also uh, we'll, we'll get some evidence um, about how their thinking is developing. They're at 5.5, um, same as us. Uh, that's the highest we've seen in the US since 2001. Hard to know what they'll do next. I, I don't think they'll make any move this next week. You know, no change next week. Um, if they were to make a move, it's probably the late October, early November meeting. So it's the, the meeting beyond this one. Um, that's that's more likely if they were to make a change. Uh, the market's unsure. You know, the market's sort of 50-50. I'm in the camp where the Fed is probably done and they just sit tight from here, but time will tell. So uh, that's the key event, US inflation on Wednesday and um, what people will take from that looking ahead to the Fed meeting next week. But the European Central Bank will meet this week, so we'll hear from them on Thursday and um, uh, this this will be a tough one. This is This is a bit of a... You know, some of these central bank meetings, it's pretty clear what will happen. And there's others where you think, Jesus, run really could go either way. And the, the ECB meeting um, fits into that latter camp. I think I think, um, I think, think the most likely outcome is no change. But there is, you know, let's call it a 30 35% likelihood that they do hike rates again. They're at 3.75%. So that's the highest for Europe since 2001. Uh, and they're still playing a bit of catch up because they started later in terms of normalising monetary policy and their inflation rate is higher than most, although it's definitely been coming down. It's been coming down quite aggressively. You know, it's 5.3 in July, uh, well down from 10.6 in October last year. So come moving in the right direction, but they have had a bigger inflation problem than many have. So we'll, we'll see how they go um We'll see how they go this week. I'm hopeful they stay on hold because I just worry about the European economy not being quite strong enough to handle um, the interest rate hikes um, as well as places like the US. You know, the US has been very resilient. So has New Zealand, um, to be honest, uh, with with policy rates in both of those countries going to 5.5% and, you know, us largely being able to just carry on. Um, not not completely as we were before, but the wheels haven't fallen off yet. Uh, in Europe, I, I don't know how much more that they will be able to um, withstand. Um, other things out there internationally, China monthly indicators. Uh, so this will be things like um, retail sales, fixed asset investment, industrial production. We'll get these on Friday afternoon. We're all watching China, obviously, because... Um, uh, it's been it's been soft and the economy is is struggling. However, some of the indicators we've seen lately have just pointed to some evidence of stabilisation. We saw that in the PMIs, and obviously there's been you know a raft of stimulus measures, targeted ones rather than sort of big bazooka ones that we've seen out of China, and they seem to have been having some impact in places. So you know they're certainly not out of the woods. 
but there have have been some signs that that maybe the economy is is reaching a point where it will stabilise. There there was some inflation data that came out of China on Saturday afternoon, and um, that showed an annual increase of zero point one percent. So not very much, but. Uh, that was quite pleasing because in the previous month, China's annual inflation rate turned negative for the first time since 2021. And uh, while that sounds, sounds good in theory, you know, deflation, you know, we're, we're not liking the high inflation that we're all facing with the cost of living pressures, but deflation is not fantastic either from an economic perspective. So it creates an equally undesirable but very different set of challenges. So that's actually good news that we saw inflation rise in China. But Friday afternoon, we'll get a lot more information. Uh, Here in New Zealand, uh, a couple of things to watch. We've got migration. We've got electronic card transactions. We've got the PREFU, which stands for the Pre-Election Economic and Fiscal Update. So it's when the Treasury opens up the government's books ahead of an election. So they have to do this every... um, Every election cycle, I think, sort of, you know, no later than a month out. So it usually comes about a month out. Uh, So we'll get this, I think, one o'clock on Tuesday. It'll all be available on the Treasury website and um, all the economists will will look through through it and see what sort of condition... uh, The country's books are in and that'll give us a bit of a feel for what... um, the 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 next government, whether it's a different government or the status quo or a slight change or a big change, who knows? Looks like it'll be a change based on the latest polls. Um, it'll this will tell us what they might inherit. So that'll be interesting. I think the revenue forecast will be in the spotlight. You know, the the tax take will obviously be down. So you know, maybe maybe the surplus that we were expecting. Um, I think 2025, 2026 was then when we were expected to head back to surplus. That might get pushed out a year. Um, uh, you know, things have obviously softened across the economy over the last few months, not just in the dairy sector, but elsewhere as well. So you, you'd expect that the numbers won't look as good as they did we last um, had an update. One area where there could be a bit of an offsetting factor is in the housing market. Housing market stabilised, now entering entering a period of not strong growth, but you know maybe maybe sideways to modest growth. Uh, so that's that's usually a good thing from a an activity perspective in terms of private consumption, residential investment. So the treasury might be able to at least upgrade some areas of its um, suite of forecasts. We'll also be quite focused on the bond issuance issuance program. So government bonds um, and government's borrowing. So you've got less tax revenue coming in, which means you're going to need more debt to fill the gap. And the market is just a little nervous about that because the market is thinking, geez, if there's going to be a whole lot more government bonds that, uh, that we're going to issue, uh, we might need to offer investors a higher price for those to actually get that bigger amount, you know, to sell as many as we want. We've got to sell more of these things than we expected. So, you know, there's essentially more supply, which means that sort of um, we we might need to offer a, a more attractive pli- price to get them away. So that'll be something we're watching closely. And you'd, you'd think that the Treasury will 
I'm sure they're aware of that. Uh, what I think they'll probably do is they'll they'll probably stagger sort of that you know um, year on year sort of issuance. Uh, if it, so, if it goes up, they'll want to make it look like it's not sort of all coming in one go that it's being sort of spread out. So, lots of things to watch in that prefu announcement pre election update on Tuesday afternoon. Uh, also, some housing market figures due this week, and I'm not sure what day. You know, I think I think it might be Thursday, um, uh, nine a.m. But if it's not Thursday, it could be Wednesday, it could be Friday. But you know, Thursday's my best guess, and this will be the August housing market report from the Real Estate Institute. So I'm expecting this to give us further evidence that the slump is over and that house house prices are back on the up. Um, not to a massive degree, you know, still a few headwinds out there, rising unemployment, high mortgage rates, uh, affordability is, is not exactly on our side. So, you know, I'm not in the camp where they're going to sort of rocket ahead again uh, like they like they did in the old days, but I think they will just continue to push a little bit higher from here. So we'll be looking for some evidence that the market has continued to improve in that regard just to um, firm up that viewpoint. Uh, that's pretty it, uh, pretty much it, I should say. We we have got, um, I think we've got retail sales figures in, in the US as well, so as well as that CPI report that will be uh, worth a look. Not a lot on the corporate front in terms of earnings releases. Uh, Adobe is the only one of note that is on my list. Um, they have a result on Thursday night. I think Briscoe Group here in New Zealand got a half-year result Um on Wednesday as well, but other than that, a a relatively quiet one. Um, so enjoy enjoy your week. Uh, hope it goes well. And if anything, as always, if anything amongst all of that has uh, hit a nerve or made you think or has caused you to think maybe I would like to get some more information about this or that or talk to someone about this or that, then don't be afraid to touch base. We've got fantastic group of advisors who are all very very capable and experienced um, at applying some of these sort of economic and investment concepts and portfolio strategy concepts to uh, client portfolios so feel free to reach out we would love to hear from you all right thanks team talk again soon for more insights visit craigsip.com